You are listening to episode 215 of the Game Deflators Podcast. My name is John, and I'm joined by Ryan. Hey, everybody here at the Game Deflators Podcast. We like to talk about games. We've recently picked up games we're currently playing, and we got coal in our stockings in this week's Inflation Deflation Challenge. You know, I didn't realize that you changed the intro as we were talking because it's live. That's why I asked my... when it was coming out. Oh, that's funny. Um, yeah, well, and it makes sense because the first uh, level is at a mining facility. So I'm counting it. It's a reference. <laughs> if so... you've been helpful enough or not helpful enough, uh, if you've been into it enough to get some of my little tiny references that I always try to put into my, you know, announcements of the games. Uh, this week, you will stand no chance because we played Shadowmaster. God, I have so much and so little to say about this game. How did you do this to us, John? Like, you just so, were like casually throughout Shadowmaster PS1, and I was like, oh, look at that uh, cover. That's some sweet cover. Let's check this so, out. So uh, I'll tell you, I didn't fully read the description on what Shadowmaster was. So if I would have seen. ATV first person shooter, I probably wouldn't have suggested it, but I just saw a futuristic first person shooter as a description. I'm like that sounds kind of cool. Let's Do you play have, that. Like, an inherent bias against ATVs. No, not that I have an inherent bias against ATVs, but I just knew the second I read ATV and like just before I popped in the game, like I played it probably 30 minutes ago. All right. Or finished playing it 30 minutes ago. And so I, I just before I pop it out, I'm like, well, let me read the wiki, kind of get a little more like information. And then I look at it, it says first person shooter ATV. I'm like, wait, what? I'm like, that doesn't sound good at all. What did I get us into? And that's where we'll talk about the inflation deflation. But you can, of course, find Game Deflators podcast on the podcast app you're listening to now. You can also find us on social media at Game Deflators on Twitter and at The Game Deflators on Instagram and Facebook. You can find us on YouTube. Uh, we are actually, as of this episode, we'll probably be caught up actually on YouTube. So cool. Like if that's your preferred way to listen, YouTube. Uh, and of course, you can find us on our out of date website, thegameslaters.com. Hopefully, I can get that thing updated. Now that YouTube is up to date, I can start working on the website and get that done. All of our podcasts are like, our episodes are up to date on there, but like our inflation deflation stuff is not. And that's really what I want to focus on. Yeah, one thing at a time. But hey, I have uh, something to pose to our listeners as a comment challenge or something like that. Uh, let us know if you like the triple threat throwdowns that we released. We tried that out. We're not sure if that was a success or not, but let us know. We may have another. Yeah, we had one on uh, three of the worst Super Nintendo games ever. And then we had a rhythm based one on just random rhythm PS2 games. So maybe we should do one on uh, the best ATV games and not put this on that list. No, no. <laughs> We should like, do a, I had a bunch of fun with ATV Off-Road Furry on uh, PS2. That was great. We should totally do something like snowboarding, like snowboard games. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm talking in the future about the past. That's what's happening here. 
right. Anyways. All right. Cool. So uh, recent pickups. Yeah, recent pickups. I I had none. Uh, we're recording on a short week, technically. So it's like Thursday, Friday night. Yeah, Friday well, night. And who picks up things uh, just before Christmas? Uh, me. I literally just had a game coming yesterday. It's but I already talked about it with Barry last week. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I can't claim that one again. You know. Uh, but yeah. So I had no pickups technically as of that day. Uh, but we'll see what uh, Santa brings. And by Santa, I mean my wife and my mom. <laughs> oh, well, I mean, no, sorry. They're they're doing it for Santa. I don't know if we have 10-year-olds that listen, Ryan. Hopefully we don't, because some of the stuff we say... I, yeah, I don't know. I don't we, we're, we're not the worst, but yeah, I, I yeah. know we do. Yeah. Uh, but no pickups. Uh, but I am still playing Sackboy's Big Adventure. Uh, and I beat Bomberman R. How was it? Not that great from a story perspective so like the game itself is fantastic like it's honestly one of the better bomber bands when you're looking at it from a bomberman gameplay aspect but the story was just eh it was like just story mode like for bomberman and it's not very fun with just one person and my wife didn't seem too much into it so i played it on my own so it was like every time the baby was taking a nap i was like Bomberman for 40 minutes and then back to the baby. And it was cool because I could kind of breeze through it. No problem. Um, so, yeah, that's how that ended up. Uh, but I did post a little thing on our Twitter and Facebook and Instagram with a little picture to Bomberman case um, just to kind of give my general opinion on it. That really what it kind of boils down to is it's more fun with friends. So that's, what's next? Uh, next is is oh i mean oh you know what i did get something i got stray the uh ps5 version of stray from im8 that came in finally mm-hmm. yeah so i got that um had a little snafu with the case and the slip cover so the slip cover that they provided does not fit the case they provided and apparently it's like a millimeter or two off from like what a standard ps4 ps5 cases in size so the slip cover literally would not go onto the case so i had to swap out for like my spyro case or something on ps4 and then put wait, in like wait so it came with a slip cover that wasn't it, on the case did not no so they they um folded the corners in and laid it flat they didn't put it on the actual game itself and you so have to they try and sent do- it to you as like, hey, we know this isn't going to fit on the case, so we're not oh, going to package it on there. Absolutely. That's exactly what, what happened. I know. I was like, this is bullshit. Has like, anybody else like talked about that? Oh, yeah. There's tons of people like, does your case fit? And there are people like, oh, I just had to swap out for another PS5 case because these are just a little bit bigger than like standard PS5 cases. So we had to swap it out. I'm like, you shouldn't have to do that. Like, and it's a paper slip cover. It's not like it costs them that much to make it the right flipping size. And on top of that, they shoved like all the goodies, by the way, were inside of the game case. So like my game was loose because like the patch and the poster and the cards and everything that came with it was all jammed into the actual game case, which jostled the disc loose. So the disc was actually loose when I received it. Uh, like I only experienced that on Amazon. And for whatever reason, I am 8-bit did that. So honestly, like not exactly the best experience with this like special release, like exclusive edition. Um, so I would not go through them again. Like, mm. yeah, there's just no way like critical that was feedback. Just, yeah, I just wouldn't go through them again. Um, so I swapped out the case, obviously, and it 
it fits, but you know, should I have to do that? No, like you guys should do it right the from the get go. Um, so next is, you know, I was thinking stray, but I really want to get a head start on my new games resolution, which I have already picked. Well, don't um, you need something else you can do like 40 minutes at a time? Um, prepping D and D materials for you guys. So we could start in January. Well, yeah, but I mean, like That's... if you're going to pick up another game, it's going to have to be games that are going to fit that same schedule as Bomberman basically. Right. Uh, like that's just how it's going to be. Well, no, because you remember the conversation. Now, if you remember the conversation last week, uh, One Piece has been consuming so much of my time at night. You're going to run out of that pretty quick. I am. I'm on episode 800. So um, I've only got like, honestly, probably like next week, I'll be caught up on One Piece. As sad as that sounds. Let's just do your One Piece section now. Where, Where are you at? Uh, I am in, uh, whole cake islands with, okay. Okay. Um, that's where I'm at. You're almost, you're probably right actually, behind me. I'm sure he is battling, um, uh, the sweet guy, number three, whoever it is in the forest where he's eating. Yeah. Oh, all no, the biscuits. He, he hasn't eaten all the biscuits yet, but I figured that was going to happen. Okay. Um, so I was like, of all things to occur, a biscuit man, like Luffy's totally, yeah. eating biscuits. um, I'm like, that's the way to defeat him. Clearly. So, yeah, yeah you're definitely by the time we talk next week, you're definitely going to be well past me. Isn't that scary? Yeah, you did it in like three months. Like, yeah, just about. I mean, yeah. I yeah, because I had I've been reading this for years at this point. But the thing is, like, I'll read for a span and then I stop. Mm-hmm. And I used to kind of bounce back and forth between this and Berserk, but I haven't read Berserk in quite a while. Yeah. So, um, yeah, as far as uh, my new games resolution is concerned, obviously we'll reveal those next week. We're going to have uh, John Rue of the Retro Room Rue. So we've had him on before, a uh, little indie dev, uh, does some cool stuff. So we're going to be doing new games resolutions with Rue next week. And I'll tell you, it is an RPG. So I did want to play another one. I'd mentioned that a while back. That's all I'm going to tell you. And I'm doing it as almost a challenge to myself to kind of keep up with like a schedule on gaming. So when the baby's asleep, I'll have like several hours where I can, you know, game and just kind of dedicate that time. As of right now, um, you know, for the next the 40 minute sessions, I'm going to probably be play, or, uh, planning more D&D stuff like that's probably the time I'll take as of right now. And then moving down the road, I'll, that's why I want to get that new games resolution out of the way. If I can knock it out in the next like you know several weeks i think it shouldn't honestly take me that long um i think it's about 30 hours total is what i should expect so if i can knock it out in the next like few weeks then that'll open me up to just kind of prep D and then game on the side and just kind of have like a good you know schedule going a good flow uh moving forward so and that's usually when i have like a new games resolution really any gaming i do it's at nighttime anyway, so it's not like anything's really changing for me in that respect. Other than, you know, baby can wake up at any point and then I got to feed him. Yeah. Yeah. So, all right. How about yourself? Uh, for this week, I didn't pick up anything and I didn't play anything. <laughs> I was just segment. doing other stuff this week. I did a lot of handmade gifts for Christmas this year. Uh, I cannot recommend highly enough if you are a crafty person, 
handmade gifts are the way to go. Uh, I don't know why as an art major, it took me 32 years to realize this, but I am going to lean hard on this moving forward in the future. So if you are a person who receives gift from me, prepare to hopefully be impressed by my skill and disappointed at the price tag. That's kind of how I'm going to be of a 3d printer. John, like, I'm going to oh. make you a, I'm going to make you a video game one day. That'd be pretty cool. It's a handmade gift. It'll be a, you lose screen. I'm just going to print you, you something. On start. A, I'll just print you something on a 3d printer. I'll be yeah, like, I mean, that's, it's, that's it's a little beauty. Luffy bust, little Luffy yeah. bust. And it didn't cost me anything other than some resin and some time. And you know, it'd probably be, you know, at least as good as that one you bought me last year. I didn't buy you one last year. I bought it for your birthday. Yeah, that was, I mean, this past birthday. Okay. Which was like, it's still this year ago. for another week. Yeah. So, so it's this still this year. year. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But if you're listening to us in 2023, it was last year. Yeah. <laughs> I, I guess I was referencing my next birthday. Yeah. Okay. I see what you're doing. Anyways. Yeah. So uh, nothing, nothing doing this week. All right. So um, before we start on kind of our general uh, discussions here, uh, we'll be covering Microsoft confirming that Sony has blocked four games from hitting the Xbox forever. We already knew this was a thing, but we're going to talk about it. Microsoft files a patent for displaying personalized ads and video games. We called this like a long time ago. We talked about it and we were like, it's going to happen, even though it was just kind of like, maybe it will, maybe it won't. And then uh, we're going to talk about the state of a Nintendo Switch in 2022 and maybe where it is going to be in 2023. Uh, but before we do that, I had a general question for you, and it's on video game cutscenes and the direction that cutscenes have gone over the years. So obviously, when you and I first started gaming, it was like early on, really no cutscenes for the most part, like Super Nintendo and stuff. Um, you know, we just had platformers and general games of if there was a cutscene, I'd be shocked, but like minimal cutscenes at best. Right. And then moving into the N64 PS1, we started to see more cutscenes, and now we're at like full-fledged like barry uh last week was talking about with xenoblade chronicles 3 straight up like movie type cutscenes where you just kind of sit back and you watch and so what are your thoughts on that it, is so it I wanna, good for gaming is it bad for gaming i want to clarify our less? terms here right. real quick first so when you're saying cutscenes, are you including like just like full motion video or are you talking like in-engine cutscenes as well just like I'll, anytime you're not in control of the character basically. yeah anytime you're not in control of the character so i think that there's like a big difference between the feeling that you get between the two like if you've played god of war 2018 and i'm not going to talk about ragnarok because i haven't played ragnarok but like that whole thing is like in one take and it like rarely takes the control away from you like it does like you do see like kratos like throw down and do stuff that isn't just like in that behind the shoulder view but largely the game you're in control of and you know in some games it doesn't want to take that control away and you might wind up like jumping all around and running around the scene and teabagging like the doctor while he's trying to give you the mission or something like you know there can be that immersion breaking uh barrier if you're fully in control during like a serious moment but there is that 
thing of never taking the control away and that power where you're in the scene. And then there's a lot of bleed over now too, where I've heard criticism of like even the new God of War, where it's like Mimir just kind of never shuts up. And you might do something like get into a big fight. And as soon as the fight's over, Mimir's just like, oh, where did I leave off? And he just starts back up with his story. And it's like really taking you that much more out of the moment because they're trying to interject these qualities of cutscenes without doing the cutscene thing. Like they're still trying to interject banter. They're still trying to interject lore or stuff that would strive forward the story like you know games where you can pick up and listen to an audio log like that's not a cutscene, but it's doing half the action of a cutscene while allowing you to continue to play so i feel like in a world where everything would be one way or the other i'd rather have cutscenes than have everything just be like you know incongruous noise that just runs alongside your playthrough as you go at your own pace like that doesn't carry that same weight and impact and i think there's definitely a balance like i've never been really into the metal gear solid series and i know that some of those games are like five hours a movie or whatever you know there's there's give and take and there's a it's always been that argument but like ever since playing Final Fantasy X and like making saves before the cutscenes so that I could go back and rewatch the cutscenes, like, and just being blown away. Like I- I'm a fan. I don't think that they necessarily need to be most of a play session that you're going to sit down and do. Uh, I don't know. That's a lot of words that just came out of my mouth. What, what do you think? I'm just, I kind of got a little chuckle like internally when you mentioned Final Fantasy X specifically because you could watch all of the cutscenes in the theater. So I just remember. Well, if you beat it. Yeah, yeah. I just remember. I never beat it. Oh, well, I just remember doing what you were doing, right? Save, like, oh, cool, like this cutscene. I really want to watch it again. So excited. And then the theater comes up. I'm like, well, damn. Like, I didn't need to do all that after all. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, So, you know, I don't know. I kind of like where the industry has gone in general of like these full blown, like movie type of, you know, breaks, you know, I just, I, I honestly really like it. Cause it's, it kind of pulls you into the game a little more. I feel, you know, like, yes, you're playing, you're actively involved, but like that emotional aspect that comes from like watching a film or, I don't know, listening to music, for example, like all of those elements of art that you get from like that type of immersion, um, I think it's great. And when you start incorporate, like if you watch something in that video and you're like, oh man, it's so cool. Like, I'm so excited to see like what happens next. I'm like, you're back in control now. Like that to me is really cool. And, uh, I've always kind of liked that aspect of it. And I, I'll, you know, Final Fantasy 10 is an interesting thing that you brought up because for me, that was like, while there were like cut scenes, you know, in like Final Fantasy seven and eight and nine, and you had like those those scenes right that would occur 10 is kind of like what really made it more cinematic in my experience like when playing uh, video games early on and it's just kind of gone up since there with like the uncharted games last of us and last of us 2 and of course you have um the metal gear solid uh you know guns of the patriots i think is is what it was called back on the ps3 if i recall correctly and uh, and you're right that was a very long ass like movie uh that you pretty much got at the end there but 
I was all for it. Just knowing that I could kind of sit back and just watch this story like unveil itself was just super cool. Um, and it's just kind of brought a new dynamic to gaming, I think. So, yeah, I'm all for it. Yeah. And, you know, another thing that is something to consider, too, is there's like a whole nother aspect that I think sometimes the games now, too, which is speed running and you know whether or not that's an impact on you as a game dev uh one thing that speedrunners run into that casual players run into but mean very different things for them is are cutscenes skippable or not are you locked in and forced to experience that or do you respect the player's decision to decide whether they want to participate with it or not are you going to allow them to make that choice on a subsequent playthrough or are you always going to force them to do that? Because like for speedrunners who play these games thousands and thousands of times over and over again, trying to do it as quick as possible, sometimes that can be a nice reprieve. Sometimes it can be the thing that makes it so you can only do a couple runs a day as opposed to, you know, more than that. So, so you know, the way I kind of look at gaming is gaming was not, created for speedrunners, you know gaming is meant to be like enjoyed like those those story-based games at least right they're meant to like be enjoyed in that capacity and like sit back watch the story you know really kind of explore that the speed running like it's cool i totally get it but at the same time it's like pick and choose well, your even battles. if you're not well no i'm not saying that like the speedrunners are the ones to consider but like i mean even if it's just like you playing a game like if you've played that game like four times because it's your favorite game, like maybe there's certain cutscenes you want to watch, but certain ones you'd rather just like, okay, I just let me, I'm playing the game. Let me play the game. Yeah. I, but they, so, they're like, no, you're, you're going to do this for the next 20 minutes. I don't know of many games that have like forced you to watch a cutscene that I've played in a while. I know Metal Gear Solid specifically. I, I'm pretty sure about when I had to watch everything, but there were sections where you would actually play as well. So like you'd have this crazy cutscene for however long and then you'd play a little bit and then cutscene, play a little bit cutscene. Um, games that I played that have it as skippable, I do appreciate. And it's not a matter of like that I plan on skipping it. It's just that if I did play it again, I would appreciate being able to skip a cutscene. But if I'm playing it a second time, I'm probably playing it because I really enjoyed it. Not, you know, I don't want to skip a cutscene, just to skip it at that point. Well, um, but everybody enjoys games for different reasons. Like yeah. you might not like the story, but you might really like the action in a game. Yeah, but um, but you know, me personally, and I, I get it, I get what you're saying. But as far as skipping, what I do like is when developers put in like hold down the X button for like 20 seconds to skip the cutscene versus press triangle. Yeah. You yeah, know, and yeah. then you're like, and you're like, oh, like shit, you don't like want to accidentally skip a cutscene. And that's sure. happened. And or, I've had to like you know, straight go back. Like, and that's what I hate about like the Elden ring type games and, and demon souls and dark souls and all of that is I don't think their cutscenes are like, hold it down to skip. Like it's just skip. And there's been and no save automatically. So like if you straight up miss it, you're screwed. Like you got to well, you watch could it go somewhere. watch anything on YouTube. You can. But like it's different. Like you're in the moment. You're on your TV. Or you can load a manual save. I guess, you know, if you want to do that. But and that's assuming that you got manual saves going before that point. 
that are like close. You well, know, don't skip them. Be well, careful. I, yeah, well, that's why I usually when cutscenes don't happen, put, put your controller, controller face down in your peanut butter. Oh, uh, that's not on peanut butter, but it's happened. I put my controller down. Uh, well, you know, it doesn't. What doesn't help is when you have an infant and you're playing some of these games and don't they have an infant. And, well, that's too it's late. That's simple, John. Too that late. simple. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't learn my lesson. Um, so but it sucks when you're playing a game, and you like kicks the control. There's been several times where we're playing Sackboy's Big Adventure. And I'm holding him and, you know, my wife is collecting whatever things are going on and he just kicks my joystick and I just go flying off screen. Your baby kicked you in the sack technically kick sack boy okay let's let's move on to our, our first oh topic sorry here. he he did kick you in the sack he kicked you in the joystick on the joystick yeah, <laughs> yeah. okay so our first topic here is microsoft confirms that sony has blocked these four games from ever hitting the xbox and this is uh jez corden forever you left out the forever i said forever hitting the xbox didn't i yeah, whatever. Okay, so it, it's late. Uh, Jez Corden at Windows Central. So, um, the games that you know have been blocked. I mean, this Sony's, is whiny, isn't it? Yeah, like at like they're point. already exclusive, but for them to like be like, well, not only did they make it exclusive, but they made it exclusive, and it can't be on Xbox. Well. That's what exclusive means. Yeah. Like it, it wasn't going to go to Xbox anyways. Like if they decide they want to release it later for PC, like uh, it's the same thing as exclusive. This is just Xbox trying to like eh, their way out of a thing. Yeah. Still. Let me see something really quick. Cause I'm curious. I know silent Hill two is one of those. Okay. Silent Hill two, si- final silent fantasy Hill- seven remake, final Here, fantasy 16. And here's the deal. Like, isn't Final Fantasy VII Remake going on PC at some point? And then on top of that, it specifically said on um, 16, it said exclusive until 1231 2020 or 2023. So it's a year exclusive. It's probably going to be just PC also is what they're thinking. Yeah. And that's fine, which means it's just not going to be on Xbox. It's going to be on PC. It's not exclusive. And so like I, and it's it's kind of you know, like the is Xbox. PC though like the thing is PC isn't a company. No, it's not. Like but... so like if something's on PC like no one person benefits from I mean Steam does or well, Epic does. Microsoft basically. does because of Windows unless they're playing on a Mac, Microsoft is benefiting from Windows OS being on those systems. Well yeah, but I mean th- that's the thing like if if they truly didn't want anybody who had a Microsoft account to be able to play it, they wouldn't release stuff on PC, but everybody kind of acknowledges PC as like the agnostic, not a, a brand brand. Yeah. But here, here's why I do think it's a little whiny, right? Like these are Japanese companies, right? Who are, in a sense, showing long-term loyalty to having worked with Sony. And oh, Sony, no, of no, course, no. Well, no, hold on, hold on. And then Sony, of course, paying up, right, to to kind of make that exclusive. Like, if you're going to hammer anybody here, hammer Square, hammer, you know... Square's um, put all of their backlog Final Fantasy games on Game Pass. Yeah. Like, they're definitely willing to take those money from Microsoft. Like, they'll take it. But if Sony's willing to pony up and say, hey, guess what? We'll pay you extra to yeah. not do that. 
I mean, that doesn't it, change it from being exclusive. Yeah. Like it's the same thing as being exclusive. And and what is Sony going to do, right? Like this is Microsoft not stepping up and putting forth more cash to get these exclusives. I mean, could you outbid them? Like, can you just be like, hey, listen, I know, I know you like Sony. I know you got history, but listen, whatever they're going to pay you will double it. Like, like, is that how this works? Like, or is it just like, no, you know what? Sony, they made the offer. We're going to go with them because it's the right thing to do. Here, here's what I don't get, right? If, if Square took an offer from Microsoft for, say, one and a half times the money, and Microsoft said, hey, we want that on Xbox exclusive. Can't be on Sony. Like, I don't next, think that would ever happen. But, but hold on. Say, say Microsoft throws down double the amount of money, right? Square has to legitimately consider this as like, well, that's a good offer, obviously, and they're going to pay X amount of money and we're going to get it on there and we'll get it on PC and everything else. I think right? it depends on like base units. Like, I think that they're going to sell base units on PlayStation more than they would ever be able to exclusively sell on Xbox because there just isn't the built in like everybody in Japan that would buy Final Fantasy game doesn't have an xbox but they all have a playstation and they'll all buy it as soon as it drops well, and that's just... going to be more like xbox isn't going to pay you know 10 million times 70 well times then let's use 1.5 the... let's use the example of silent hill 2 in that case a konami game right? yeah but that's not going to sell like well, it was millions on the of units. It's not right. But Sony obviously put forth a certain amount of money to make it exclusive. Right. Yeah. So Microsoft could have very easily also made that exclusive. And what is Sony going to do? Like, is Sony going to tell Konami you can't put games on our console anymore? No, they're just going to be like, well, shit, we missed a boat on that because Microsoft outbid us. You know, like, yeah, but I don't think that that's the thing, though, like Microsoft has to go to these companies with an amount of money that makes sense. But I just don't think Microsoft is going to give them enough money to cover the base units that they would be able to move on PlayStation. Like they're going to be able to sell X amount of units on PlayStation. And I think that's more than Microsoft is willing to pay for a game that like even if they got the exclusivity of it. Like, not that many people are really going to play that compared to as would. Well, and see, that's the huge difference, too, between, like, Microsoft and Sony. Is like, Sony has consistently shown a willingness to put exclusives on their console and only on their console. And now, obviously, things have been moving over to PC, but those items going to PC have been in market for X amount of time. Obviously, that, like, you know prime time to purchase it at 60 bucks or 70 bucks has already passed and now they're like all right we'll port it over to pc so totally get that and most playstation players i don't think are rolling on pc as well anyways um you know there, there might be like playstation and nintendo um as i've done for a number of years but as far as like units being moved like yeah it might pain microsoft at first but you're going to move more units by having Silent Hill 2 exclusively in her console, Final Fantasy 16 exclusively in her console. If you were to go into Japan, which, you know, Microsoft like notoriously struggles in. Yeah. And you had the Series S as a cheaper, affordable console and you had Final Fantasy 16 exclusive to your console, you're going to see a lot more, a bigger uptick of Xbox sales in that region. Yeah, yeah, that. definitely. But the thing is, like the 
the amount that's of money. How you, that's how you need to do it. I mean, they're not, you know, they're buying, you know, Bethesda and they're acquiring Activision, right? Like, or Activision I just, Blizzard. I think in the economy that we're in too, and with the potential like future A's and things, like, I don't think that right now, you know, you're really going to grab that many people that are willing and able to go out and buy an extra console for one legacy title when they're have deliberately chosen not to buy that console because they don't need to, because the legacy titles are, you know, they've, I don't know the legacy stuff, like final fantasy, like, a lot of those were coming out on Xbox for a while, you know, like is Kingdom Hearts on Xbox or is that PlayStation only? I think it's on Xbox now. Yeah. Okay. So it's like, and then, there's so many things that are like, I, I, I think like after, after something's like 10, 15 years old, it should have to be multi-plat. Like maybe that's the thing. Like maybe exclusivity needs to be, you know, have a shelf life. Like, make something exclusive but like if it gets a remake or a second remake it's got to be on everything it's got to be opened up so that people can have access and it can be ubiquitous and fair maybe that's what needs to happen is some self like um you know limiting instead of just being gravity gravity all the time yeah well you know I'll tell you, I was on Twitter earlier, just kind of browsing around. And apparently Activision like put in like their words to the FTC on like their opinion on the whole matter. And like this, uh, you know, acquisition. We want to be sold. We want to make money. So Activision, of course, you know, put in a very biased stance on it, on how it's like great for gamers and everything else. Yet there's a lawsuit by gamers on the, you know, acquisition (laughs) and that it's not going to be great for gamers. Um, You know, I think. When you kind of look at like what Microsoft has done over the years, you know, consider this PlayStation or Sony had the PlayStation one when the PlayStation two came out and sold like gangbusters. Guess who also had a console out Microsoft. Guess who had a console out with the PS three Microsoft. Guess who had a console out during the X or a PS four Microsoft. Here we are. What? 16, 20 years later, roughly. And Microsoft is still bitching about how, Sony is blocking exclusives. They could have, dude, they could have been building exclusives in their library for years. Like games like Raises Hell, for example, or like a lot of the older Oddworld games that they've had that they could have looked to get exclusive rights on those. You know, they've had tons and tons of games. Like, look how they fumbled with Halo recently. Like, they've kind of milked Master Chief to the point where nobody, like, it's flipping $10 at Target right now, or it was. Like, <laughs> $60 game is $10. You know, and, and all that they've done with, you know, Game Pass, like they've shown like buying exclusives to put like all of this content, but they're not actively going on developing exclusives. They're not actively partnering with some of these developers like Square and Konami to bring exclusives to their console for a timed period of time. They did it with like Bioshock and it worked very well when they did it with Bioshock. Um, you know, they did some of that stuff with the 360 and obviously it had a pretty significant lead, as many will tell you. They gave up towards the end, which is why Sony surpassed them. They realistically could have won that generation pretty, you know, heavily and obviously went into with the Xbox one with momentum, but they've made some crazy decisions and 
you know, not picked up exclusive deals and all this other stuff. And here we are with the newest Xbox. And then, you know, myself. Wait, were you saying they could have beat them in the PS4 generation? PS3 gen. PS3 gen with the 360. I think the 360 was like. It was. And then they gave up and PS3 surpassed it. Yeah. You know, so like that's a generation they could have won pretty heavily. I mean, they had a lot of momentum. The Red Ring of Death obviously killed that for them. But honestly, like if you don't have the Red Ring and the Yellow Light of Death, that's a totally different generation. I think Microsoft just wins that like hand over fist wins that generation and brings that momentum in. But they've made some really weird decisions over the last few generations. And it doesn't seem like they've kind of picked up any steam, you know, they've been in this game for a while. Like I'm kind of sick of hearing a bitch about exclusives and Sony having exclusives and like build your own exclusives. Well, they're trying to buy exclusives. They're trying to buy exclusives. They're not trying to build their own exclusives. They're trying to buy exclusives. There's a clear difference between what Sony does and what Microsoft does. So, and that's why gamers I think are pretty pissed. Like, I would love to support Microsoft and, and what they've had. Like I have a number you don't of Xbox even own games. A newer I, than a 360 console. No, I don't because I haven't seen a purpose. There's never been exclusives on those consoles. They've all been on PC. All of the games. Why would you I buy an Xbox? Have a PC until last year. No, my older PC. I used to play um, games that were on both Xbox and like I would play Halo and stuff on PC. So I, I've had like those moments, and I've played you know, newer Xbox consoles of people. But the reason I continue to go back to Sony is specifically because of exclusives. And if Microsoft isn't offering their own outside of buying IPs, why would I go to them? And especially when those games are going to be on PC anyways, like why would I buy an Xbox? So, uh, all right. En- enough on this. We could probably go on for a very Let's long talk time. Let's talk some more shit about Microsoft. Yeah. Next, next shit about Microsoft. Uh, Microsoft files a patent for displaying personalized ads and games. This is Matthew Humphreys at PC Mag. Uh, you and I talked about this a while back. You know, I I had kind of mentioned that I was honestly okay with like subliminal type messaging because it's already in movies and other stuff like taking place in video games and being personalized what for the consumer. What fresh new hell is this? I so I I'm okay with this if it means the price is going to be kept down. No, it's not. It's so like this, I think this is probably somewhat tied to the idea that they were floating around that they did like a poll or something that was like, would you take like a cheaper version of Game Pass with ads? And it's I like, would if if it wasn't like breaks in the game. Which I, I forgot I forget where it was. It was like But it's like, do you want to play a game where it's like headphones? And it's like oh, Well why do or, I see these headphones everywhere? Or you're like in the middle of a cutscene, it's like the McRib is back. Yeah. So it's like it, this is No, that like this and is they, just it one of those things where it's like it wouldn't be that. Actual gaming is one of the the last bastions that I feel like you can kind of get away from ads, even though there already have been ads in games, but it's like, just stop. Like we're just born with the consent to be advertised to. 
So like you can't revoke that right. Like there's supposed to be laws that stop it from your view being like obstructed by ads all the time, but you can't live your life without just having people forcing this on you and th- just I leave mean, it you, alone. You kind of do. Um, let me look this up really quick. Uh, Cause you're going to, you're going to love this. Okay. So this is back in 2007. Um, the average person sees 5,000 adverts every day. Yeah. Yeah. So point being is nobody's really, I mean, you've been forced into this for years anyways. You know, like advertisements are everywhere. If you go into a movie and you see Coca-Cola on the screen in the movie, Coke paid to have that placement there. Like that's an advert that you're seeing it they're everywhere so if it's going to keep the price down of game pass and it's it not doesn't make the movies cheaper well movies, tickets have gone up yeah they have but that's overhead costs and physical type things and also the fact that movies are more expensive so what ends up happening is if the movies are costing millions upon millions of dollars to create well the theaters have to pay a certain amount of money towards you know well you don't have to explain how like movie theaters but operate. I, like i but get how they operate yeah but i mean it's different gaming is a little different we're not getting are we getting more advertised to in movie theaters like are their ad dollars more effective even though our movie ticket prices have gone up well popcorn and coke and all that stuff has gone up too um look i mean with the gaming thing it's the way that they position these ads is they were non-invasive so it's merely if you're driving a racing game and there's a billboard and that billboard has beats headphones, that's your advertisement. Yeah. Does it take away from the game? No, but the advertisement is personalized ads. So it's still, it's another company sharing and selling your information and profiting off of you. Yeah. So Ryan, when you're playing a racing game, you'll see a billboard that has Pornhub that comes up as you're playing. (laughs) (laughs) It's just, it's, it's, it's one of those things where the older I get, the more I just, I hate advertising. And it's you talk, like, <laughs> yeah, you're in a podcast of a guy that's a marketing. <laughs> yeah. Well, advertising sucks, man. Advertising is like insurance. See, like I promoted by the devil, dude, like I'm on team chats where we share commercials. Like, I mean, that's what I do. So like for me, it doesn't bug me because I, I I stopped I'm watching the day. Super Bowl for the commercials years ago. Oh, yeah. They go on YouTube that same night. So like no, they're all awful. They don't oh, yeah, make good ones anymore. No, they're terrible. Like, I don't I don't think I've seen a good Super Bowl commercial in a long time. I don't know. But, man. Like if if they could give me free. High quality games without intrusive ads they already would have so there's nothing microsoft's gonna be able to do that nobody else has already done because it's not there's no like magic way to make this work like you get advertised to and you know you get advertised to as long as it's not like hulu which is i have the cheaper version of hulu for example oh that's not worth it it's not worth it I mean, it is kind of because like I just kind of walk over, grab a snack or drink or grab water or run to the bathroom, whatever it may be. So it's kind of nice to have that little break. 
um, versus like waiting for an episode and pausing the episode myself and then doing something coming back. Like I just know I have like designated times where I can get up and go do something. So as long as it's not like that, I'm cool with it. If it's non-invasive advertisements that are geared towards you as an individual and it's just on a billboard or it's like a, you know, a screen comes up as you're walking down the street. Like that to me is lifelike anyways, to see those types of ads. And if it's geared towards you, it's cool. Now, what I think we may have an issue with is if it's like click here and you click it and you exit your game to go handle whatever it is like, I don't that think would that be a would little happen. different. Yeah. But dude, how embarrassing would it be if like, um, you're playing a game and like your significant other walks in and it's like, you know, something for like, I don't know, condoms or like only fans type an stuff. Advertiser. And, you know, would be you, on there. Hey, you never know. Money talks, right? But no, it like, doesn't. that's true, not something true. you would ever see uh, in that context. Well, I, 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 look, it's 2023 you're coming up. Advertising. You're the marketing person. You're telling me that they would accept that in like, like even an M rated game. Yeah. Dude, come on. Like, if you can run around in Grand Theft Auto and chase people with a giant purple dildo, I'm pretty sure it's okay to have a Pornhub advertisement come up on a billboard. Mm, okay, I guess maybe I wasn't thinking about Grand Theft Auto. Yeah. So, I mean, there are certain games that okay, that type of Okay, but what about other games? So, like, how do they uh, break other games to force this in? Like, oh, Red Dead 3. Let's just make, you know, a fake old timey Coke ad to throw in there. Don't worry. They're gamers. They're stupid. They well, don't only, give a shit. It's only certain types of games are going to be able to do that. No, like, no, it'll be every game. Like, that's no. not how. No, that's not how this works. There's not just like, oh, it's only these things. No, microtransactions are in every single game that they can, can just, possibly shove them into. Can you just imagine like, um, you're playing a uh, plague tale and you have the rats everywhere and a little tiny guy comes up and he's like, sign up with Orkin today. Get rid of your rats. Yeah, exactly. Like, like it's going to be in every single no, game. I, I don't think it'll be in every type of game. And you know, why not? Look, if they can make we... money off of it and it's non-obtrusive, why wouldn't they do it? John, well, nobody I mean, would turn down free money. It could also be in like a banner. And also you already know that, video game producers don't give a shit anyways about us oh, no absolutely not can you imagine your loot crate you open it up and it's a coupon for buy one get one pizzas or something no you open the loot crate and then if you watch an advertisement you get a chance at getting a better loot crate result oh oh my god okay before we move on to the next topic i just had to tell you so apparently D D beyond was doing um uh advent type calendar or something like that and you would pay it's like whatever amount you pay for like your 25 days of advent calendar. And like the first one was like badass. Apparently they gave like this really cool content. And then every single one since then has been like 10% and 20% off coupons for D and D beyond. And people are absolutely pissed. And I'm just laughing so hard at this. Like how cringeworthy is it that you as a company are like, I'm going to like people already paid and I'm just going to give them a coupon to give me more money in like this advent calendar. I was like, isn't D&D beyond like the only thing you really buy is like full price D&D books? Yeah. And adventures. And you get like the PDF versions, basically. Yeah. So like what 
what could they give away for 25 days? I don't know. Like, I mean, a PDF is worth as much as the chocolate that is inside of a normal advent calendar. Yeah, maybe. But not maybe to Wizards, chocolate. it isn't. Well, apparently they're trying to monetize more, too. So they're doing a whole bunch of other crazy stuff that is oh, pissing people off. you want to know the rules, do you? Well, those cost extra. <laughs> oh, man. Get our advent calendar and you'll get rule 25 of D&D, which I don't know what rule 25 would be. Uh, oh, okay. sorry. You only bought spells A through J. <laughs> that would be some shit. <laughs> like, I will just go on Google and find the rest of the spells. Um, you know, sorry. One more thing on that. Um, so I was on Reddit the other day on a D&D forum and somebody was bitching about it. I'm like, you know. It's not like they made decades of physical copies of books that we could just run ourselves. You know, like Wizards is also saying we want to monetize the whole process of like D&D and we're going to, you know, try and do all of these things to make D&D digital and all sort of stuff. And gamers are like, no, thank you. We'll just play 3.5. Yeah, still. Like, like still, like all these years later, we're a decade into like 5E. Do you think people are honestly like, if they're happy of 5e and all the adventures oh, that come everybody's with that, gonna buy six or whatever well, the yeah, next dnd next like, or whatever but say it's like only digital no not happening and they're dumbing it down too so it's not like you know they already dumbed down 5e for most of us to play they're gonna dumb it down even further to play 6e nobody wants that so yeah all right the state of nintendo switch in 2022 this is ethan gack at kotaku so ryan you kick it off so this was actually a pretty good read. It put a lot of things in perspective for me. And um, some of my thoughts, there was way less Nintendo Switch online content uh, than I thought there was. So that's disappointing. Not that I've been paying for it. <laughs> that's but, true. You know, whatever, I guess we could all wish it would be better. Um, I think that I have been voicing my opinions for a long time that I'm tired of talking and, you know, wishing and speculating on a Switch Pro. So I am ready to switch gears and just move on to the Switch Next or whatever is coming after this. It's I a clear mess if it's not called the Super Nintendo Switch. They're never going to do the Super thing again. They did that for one console. Why? It's not like it was a trend. Well, I mean, they did the Wii U, and that failed. At least Super they Nintendo Switch. They didn't call Switch. it the Super Wii, and that would have made it sold better. I don't know. Maybe it would have made it Super. <laughs> the Super Switch. No. I, I don't know what they'll do next, but, like, it, it's got to be... It's got to be more powerful. It's got to have a good screen. It's got to have... Backwards compatibility with upscaling. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff that has to happen, and the Switch is just really showing its age. I've been seeing so many people talk about this exact same article, basically, uh, in their own ways or forms or opinions. But it basically all comes down to the same thing, that, you know, the games that they're producing now are obviously struggling to, you know, be anything close to what that they should be. You know, these studios are being held back by the technology and it's getting harder for other studios to port their games to the switch. We've seen multiple games, you know, just say, hey, we're not going to 
do a switch port for this game because it's just not going to be feasible. Yeah. I mean, I'll say though, the switch has a ton of great indie games, but a lot of the other consoles also have great indie games because they're multi-platform for the most part. Um, but you're hundred percent right. This article is hundred percent right. You know, you started the year off with Arceus. You're ending the year with Pokemon Scarlet Violet, which is a clear indication that the console's struggling. You did have Kirby in there. You had Xenoblade Chronicles three. And it makes you wonder if those games were released on a super Nintendo switch or a next gen type of switch, how would they have performed? would they look a lot better? Obviously the answer is yes. And would gamers be upset about that? No. If you were to put backwards compatibility in this new console, they'd be 100% on board to sell their old switches and jump over to that one. And that's more money, obviously. Yeah. I think a lot of the problem with the delay to Tears of the Kingdom is that they just can't release that in a state that is busted like any of these other games. Like They just won't do that. And I think they're having a hard time with everything that they tried to put in there. Like, I think that it's just at the state where they're like, you know what? We were too ambitious and our hardware has been holding us back and they're just compromising as much as they can. Yeah. And unfortunate for gamers because they're missing out on, you know, potentially fantastic content that might get cut in the final product because of limitations that are on this console. And you know, it, we've been talking about a potential like successor to the switch for several years now it's come up and honestly, like they had a moment where it would have been pretty hot to release like a console. Now it's like the switch has been out so long and there's been no sort of peep towards, you know, the successor to the console it, is the like, is the hype kind of gone right now? Like how do they kind of reinvent that hype? You know, like with the PS5, you kind of know or knew, hey, it's going to come after like seven years. Like we know the time frame. Like we know when Microsoft's creating their next well, thing. Well, seven like we years know the time is they, and I think they say that in the article here about how seven years is about the time. Or was that something else I was reading earlier today? I don't know, maybe. But like with Sony, it's always been every, you know, generally seven years. Seven is years when it's, is pretty regular when it's, for Nintendo when it's released, too, with the DS yeah. and everything. Oh but yeah, it's, it's down released. here at the bottom. Yeah, when it's released though, Sony makes announcements on like some of these new consoles well in advance to hype it up. Well, yeah, but I mean, we talked about that a bit last week about long-term hype. But like one thing I think that, you know, looking back on the life of the Switch is in the anticipation for the next Switch, I feel like we've lost out on a lot of stuff that could have happened on this switch. Like why in seven years did we only get Mario Odyssey? Like why wasn't there like a killer Mario Odyssey sequel? You know, why are we waiting from the very beginning of the life to the very end of the life to get this second Zelda? Like there's why was there just Mario Kart that eight that was a Wii U game? There was no actual Mario Kart released on this console. Well, they have just a bunch a of new tracks. Yeah, well, at first, now they have a bunch of tracks. But well, yeah, there's... but it's still not like a new yeah. Mario Kart. Like, there's so many things that could have been, and they just apparently they were I, waiting for the sequel too. I feel for you on like the Mario Odyssey too, because I loved Odyssey. It's obviously my favorite Mario game released, and. I would have bought a Mario Odyssey 2 immediately. 
that yeah. would have for sure been probably a day one purchase for me. And, you know, we just, we don't get it. Um, so hopefully on whatever new console comes out, like it's released on that. If they did a Mario Odyssey too, and obviously to probably, you know, keep the things close to the chest and are obviously, you know, I would think it, it would not surprise me, obviously, if they're working on a console right now and some sort of announcement happens like spring of next year. Like I and in, in anticipation for a release in 2023, um, because they have been like a little bit behind of, you know, Sony and Microsoft by a couple of years. So I would think this fall we'll probably see this coming fall. We'll probably see a new Nintendo console. I mean, That'd historically, don't they release in the spring? Mm, but there's not enough time for that now. Yeah, not now, but 2024. Yeah, I, yeah but then you're going to have another year of the switch and three years of PlayStation five. And like, that's too much time between consoles at that point. That's what I'm saying. Like, you know, if it starts to get stagnant and when you see more and more broken games, like, pokemon or things being held back like gamers kind of catch wise to that and like why would you develop like a new mario game like eight years in for example and it just seems odd like i could see you releasing a new console and putting it on both like they did with zelda yeah you know that was on both the wii u and on and what's funny is i own a copy on the wii u but i don't own a copy on the switch um i don't know i see it happening in fall time for sure just before the holidays in 2023 um you know, the the other negative, though, that Nintendo is going to face now is recession, um, you know, globally, you know, we're like we're already in a recession technically. But, you know, to see the economy take a huge hit in 2023 with expectations of interest rates and all these other things and Nintendo trying to jump in and release a new console, that's going to sting to try and like, you know, boost up your your sales in the middle of a recession. Yeah, I mean, my tough. wonder is, though, too, then, you know, with all the people that bought a Switch during pandemic that had never bought video games or had walked away for a long time, you know, those people, was that just a one-time thing for them? Or are those people going to now be repeat Nintendo buyers? Like, are all those people who bought a switch Lite because it was the only thing out there and everybody and their mom was talking about animal crossing like next time animal crossing comes out are they going to be like oh man that was like a really good time during a bad time let me go out and buy the switch 2 and the new animal crossing like three years into the life cycle for whatever the next switch is going to be or is it going to be that we're going to have nintendo classically being like whoops we didn't know a bajillion people wanted this we only made 20 who wants one you know well, like that happens so often that with the numbers that the switch has done am i gonna have to wait longer than i've waited to get a ps5 to get the switch to so and is nintendo going to be nintendo as well and what i mean by that is you follow up your N64 with a GameCube. Try to be unique, right? GameCube's a great oh, console. Oh, put a handle on it. I mean, it's already a portable system. Yeah, right. They should put a handle on the Switch. It makes so much sense, dude. It makes so much sense. It's like a clutch then. You're killing me. So, but like you had Nintendo 64 to GameCube. GameCube ultimately got demolished by PS2, right? And then you have Wii, big success, but similar to Pandemic, 
very much like casual gamers, right? Casual gamers jumping on pandemic, you know, to buy a switch is kind of, I would think equivalent to grandma's wanting to play Wii bowling, you know, you just, and that's why you have so many, like if you were to go on like Craigslist or something or like offer up or whatever right now and look at collections for Wii games, the the Wii U was never going to be a good follow-up to the Wii for grandma, dude. It's giving her a screen with extra technology in it. That's not what grandma wants, man. She wants to, to stand on a board and shake a thing. The point I'm trying to make though is, Nintendo then released the Wii U and didn't go out in the market the correct way, confused consumers, um, you know, was just not very. I mean, I knew what the hell it was because I play video games, but a lot of those casual gamers didn't necessarily know. And how many families or casual gamers are you going to have from the Switch? They're going to say, oh, I want to buy the new Switch too." like they're going to have to come out with some new name. Right. And are they going to have that same hype? in the middle of a recession. Yeah. Not I, really. I, mm, it's going to be tough. Like we'll see what happens, but I don't know that 2023 bodes well for Nintendo. I think they honestly, I think they missed the boat in not releasing a new switch last year. Yeah. I got, I one mean, but more... they really couldn't cause of like chip shortages and stuff, I guess. Yeah. I got one more thing on this and then we'll move on to the inflation deflation. Uh, They do call out something in here that I know neither of us has experience with, but Nintendo really on this next console, they need to get their online service up to par with the modern era because from what they're saying here, it sounds like Nintendo Switch Online is still not a great place to play, Uh, not great connection, not great infrastructure. I know that they are afraid of, you know, voice chat and other features and apps and stuff like they really need to get the next switch connected in to the greater you know net and and what people want from a console and not just think that this is like just a big game boy well and voice acting in games more voice acting pokemon specifically yeah yeah uh all right all right Inflation, inflation 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 jinx uh, so we got Shadowmaster this week. I'm so sorry, Ryan. Uh, developed by Hammerhead. It was published by uh, Cygnosis, and it was directed by Chris Stanforth, is what you have here. Uh, it was released in January of 1998. It is a first-person shooter, and I will put quotations around that. Reception was a 1 to an 8 but mostly negative. So a lot of fours, <laughs> a lot of fives. Yeah. Uh, so clearly shows you, I was not thinking when I looked this game up. So general premise is you are uh, basically in this futuristic setting in 16 different levels with aliens that look like things that are on earth. So yeah, like spider enemies, you've got uh, giant aliens that look like humans, etc., And you're rolling around on this like ATV that, you know, I think you said it earlier before you started recording, like it's on ice the entire time and you are actively in this first person mode um, trying to complete these missions that are given to your objectives at the very beginning. So what I will say about this is graphically, it looks fantastic. It's actually very good graphically. Uh, in fact, it showed a lot of promise when I first started playing it. Um, the music is pretty good overall. Uh, art direction obviously is tied to graphics good the enemies are very clear in in what you're fighting where it goes wrong is the controls 
and how everything flows. And also just like the general screen you're playing on is just not very intuitive to the game. It just doesn't flow well. You've got like this giant ring and you've got your little like scope area, right? Where you can kind of shoot, but it doesn't really go beyond that. There's no like you have a little bit of a map that shows like when enemies are coming, but you don't have like the objective, obviously, like on your screen at all times. Um, changing your weapons is pretty difficult. Uh, trying to control your ATV while simultaneously shooting, which, by the way, I continually went back to my joystick on my controller uh, and it's a D-pad only game. Uh, and of course, like <clears throat> the whole issue of like getting stuck in corners with the damn ATV and like just not being able to swing around edges and like shoot the enemy. And it's honestly just, it says on the back of the game case, it's like 16, I think 16 gruesome levels or something like that. Um, and I think that's about right. Like it's so difficult and it's not even like the game itself is a difficult concept and what you're trying to accomplish. It's the controls are so bad. And the the descriptions that are on screen and what's occurring is so bad that that's what makes it hard not necessarily the descriptions on screen like what descriptions dude i like there was some like that's what i'm saying voice no, over at the beginning that's what i'm saying There's and no then i went through the level and i just shot things yeah. and then i got to the point where there was nothing left to shoot yeah and i didn't know where to go that's what I'm and saying. The door no... that I thought I was supposed to go through and it was telling me there was an enemy on the other side wouldn't open. So that's what I'm saying. There's no descriptions. Yeah. So like descriptions, controls, all of that makes this a absolutely terrible game. I will tell you, I did get to the boss in level one, but the I have no tank. way. Of... Yeah, the big tank. I think that was a boss. Like, yeah, it's the only thing that had its own life bar. Well, no, if you went the other way, if you went left, there was also another life bar. And that's the thing. You have to complete all objectives that are provided to you at the beginning. And they don't list them. They just tell you. So like you jump in and there's like no way. What was the other thing? So if you if you went right, you went through all of those enemies and you got to the tank. If you went left, it wasn't like another boss that I know. It was actually like a giant spider type deal that you fight against. Well, so there was like a couple of those spiders. Yeah, but if you keep going, there's like one that has its own life bar dedicated. Okay, so yeah. maybe I just didn't kill both in the same run. Yeah, like, look, I... This game I, was trying to feel like how Ghost in the Shell was. Like, it's meant to yeah. be like that same type of like moving side to side and strafing with your left and right uh, triggers and then, you know, being like a directional tank. But it just like it was so slippery. Um, there was like your reticle would like turn yellow and try to lock onto enemies so that your like cannon shot would connect. But like I don't feel like the little lasers really did much. Like I had to really get the cannon to connect to do any damage. There were multiple like weapons or something to choose from, but I couldn't tell how to activate them. Like I could use the d-pad to select one but how to use it beyond there i had no idea or what would have done anything different between them uh i felt like at some point i was able to like move around pretty well and like kill enemies and be able to dodge using the strafe a little bit but like i never felt like it felt good or it never did i was able to like 
do any meaningful like maneuvering like it's all pretty narrow halls and stuff so there's not like a lot of being able to get around whereas like when we were playing um ghost in the shell like the tachkoma could like go up walls you know it had a jump there was a lot more to the momentum and the movement whereas this is just kind of you just swing around and if you hit a wall you know you better remember to go back the other way and hope that you know you can yeah it it just i never did feel comfortable playing a game either um and there's some games like even if they're bad like for example when we were playing space hulk last time right it was it a bad game not really. It wasn't a terrible game. It was hard as balls, but like it was a game that out. we shouldn't have played because it takes longer than 40 minutes to even begin to understand how to play. And that's about how much time we really have to give a game. But, you know, we did give it some time after that and we understood what we were doing, how we were playing, what the objectives were, what the overall concept of the game was. We we were able to control things with no issue. We kind of got the general idea. And then the, the core reviews on that game was that it's super hard, obviously. Yeah. And there's a lot of tactical aspects. And I think we both agreed it was probably a game that's better on a mouse and keyboard than it would be on, you know, a console, especially something like the 3DO. Well, visually, it was great. It wasn't exactly like the best place to play. Um, and I think this is a similar situation. Like this could be a game that if I had like if I was using my um, my keyboard and a mouse, which it is on PC or was, I think I would have a better time playing this game on PC because it'd be easier to kind of control things and, and manage everything. His using worst ratings on PC, actually. Interesting. So like using a D pad just sucked. And if it sucks on a D pad and try and play it on a console, and I think it's gonna be better on PC, and it's getting worse reviews on PC, then it's probably just a game to avoid in general. So wow. brass tacks. Brass tacks. You could decide where you want to play it. So yeah. complete in box. This game is going for a cool fifteen forty eight. That peaked at seventeen ninety five back in July twenty twenty two. That is currently trending up. A loose copy will run you six eighty three. That peaked at seven sixty two back in August of twenty seventeen. That is holding currently. And uh, from what I could find on the digital, it is abandonware. So you could just pick that up. I wouldn't just, but you can like just free. Yeah. If you search for it, it's on like myabandonware.com. Oh, interesting. So if you want to try it out, that's the best way to do it. Cause honestly, I wouldn't buy it at all. No, like I wouldn't even put five bucks towards this game or $3. Like unless you're trying to complete like a PlayStation collection or you're like specifically looking for, first person shooters on an ATV where you are at knee height on the enemy, then sure put forth a couple dollars. But I 100% believe that this is highly, highly inflated in price. Yeah. There is also uh just so you don't get confused. There's a shadow master movie as of there's 2022. It's also, also a comic book that you could get with this game. And maybe that's why people bought it was for the comic book. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't think that the movie is related. Yeah. And uh, honestly, I I don't think the game should be related to anything on console. It should just disappear forever. It should be abandoned where everywhere, but unfortunately it's not, it it still remains to this day. So this is probably the most critical. I've been on a game for a long time. Like 
honestly like yeah, i good one i had more fun playing revolution x this this might be uh the year hasn't ended this might be my my worst game of the year what know. a way to cap it I, off i huh? would definitely rather play this than revolution x i don't know man revolution x i mean we got stuck but at least we knew what the hell was going on <laughs> like it was bad but i don't think it was this bad all right well, uh, I don't think we're going to have an inflation deflation next week because we're going to have Rue. So we're going to chat with him on uh, just gaming in general. Um, Got to figure out what the hell we're going to talk about with him other than just new games resolutions. So keep an eye out for that. You get to hear what Ryan and I plan on playing as we unveil that. And we'll be asking Rue to present his game that he wants to actively play. And uh, we'll see where we both end up and who finishes first. All right. Sounds good, man. I, I've already got my decision made, so. Yeah, I'm stoked to hear what you got for this year. So uh, this has been episode 215 of the Game of Players podcast. My name is John. I'm Ryan. And thanks for listening. <laughs>